What is up, everybody? My name is Austin Buckner. Trevor Holder. And you are listening to the 50th episode of Ice Cream Sunday the Podcast. The Big 5 The Big 5 We're over the hill. Hey. Uh, this was a phenomenal chat. Um, we talked about our favorite moments. We talked about things that we want to do in the future. And then the last half of the show, uh, we asked our, our most... Um, loyal listeners, our closest friends to send in audio clips, whether it's a, a question, a comment, a, a story, um, and allowed their, their voices to be heard on the show. And it was a blast. Uh, so thank you to everyone who submitted audio. Um, it was awesome. Made the, made this episode very, very special. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So for the 50th time, sit back. Relax and enjoy this episode of the Ice Cream Sunday Podcast. Isn't it kind of wild that in 2016, uh, Ice Cream Sunday did like 14 episodes and we thought it was like the longest fucking run ever. And now here we are in 2023 and we're at 50 episodes. It was the longest run ever in terms of anything else you've you've done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. It was the longest commitment. Yeah. 14 weeks is a long commitment for me because I have ADHD. I so, really don't. I Undiagnosed, but I'm... I bounced from hobby to hobby and yeah. So I don't know if uh, I've talked about this before on the podcast. I, I, I think it may have been an early episode or whatever, but um, every time that you would post a, an episode of the old Ice Cream Sunday, mm -hmm. it was on SoundCloud. Yes. And I'd listen to it religiously and I would live react to your podcast by messaging you every time you oh, guys yeah, yeah. fucked up. And then after like three or four episodes of that happening, you brought it up on the podcast. He's yeah. like, oh, he's probably going to call us out on this one. Or So going off of that, we do you remember like we did one episode where we live streamed it on Facebook? Yeah. In 2016? Uh-huh. Never again. <laughs> Never again. Because it was just, it was chaos, first yeah. of all. And then secondly, like... No one I knew would, what the fuck they were doing. That and I would read comments and it was like... It's bad enough when I upload a podcast and then I have you live fucking tweeting as you're listening. It's even worse when those comments are coming in as we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's just like, no, you're fucked up. No, that's not true. That actually happened in 1974. It's like, well, all right, fuck me. Or like, I, I love how at one point you did dramatic pauses, even though it was recording. You did dramatic pauses because you were just like, you know you fucked up and you're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll just wait. Yeah. And, and you left dead silence there just for me to like... Yeah. Like type something out and then send it to you. Again, it was a recording, so it, it, there was no need for it, but it was just kind of like a little funny like meta yeah. thing. Yeah. 
I think overall the conversation, obviously the quality of the show, like the sound quality, um, it just it's improved so much in seven years. It's the arms. The arms? It, oh, yeah. the boom arms? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a boom arms. That's what it is. <laughs> it's made it so much more comfortable. Yeah. It's actually sit back, relax, and enjoy. Um, Speaking of which, I found some old podcast gear that I want to kind of break out and like dink around with. I don't know. Like it, it was like a $120 bundle, I think, or something I got offline. I love how we had Aaron on the show for two episodes mm-hmm. and I didn't have the balls to ask him like in person, like, Hey man, what's, uh, what happened to all the old equipment that I let you, <laughs> but also I didn't want to bring it up because like he, he told that story about how those dudes came to his apartment with Nelly and, and they were like, know, I'm taking your fucking TV. I would assume that they took all that shit too. Yeah. yeah. The, the podcast equipment got fucking bamboozled for meth. I, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, knowing everything that he told me about that, like, yeah. Yeah. It, so. yeah it, I'm glad we didn't have a more reactionary thing to that. Yeah. Um, and we kind of just let it play out. And then like once everything was explained, it's like, Oh, yeah. the context is now there. Yeah. We get it. Was there, um, so like, I think just because of the way that the first podcast ended and I, I talked to him a little bit, you know, but I really hadn't had a whole lot of conversation with Aaron and I didn't know how I didn't talk to him before we, we came back and did the podcast again. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how he would feel that we did not invite him back to be a host. And we just kind of were like, Hey, we're moving forward with Trevor. And we never really said anything to him. I didn't know how he would feel about it. Um, so yeah. So that was kind of a difficult, difficult, uh, podcast for me. Cause I didn't know this sounds really shitty, but I, I didn't know what to, what to expect out of him. I didn't know if he was like secretly coming on the show to like sabotage it or to be really shitty. And then he came in and he was just like, Hey, I just want to be honest and like tell great stories about like uh, what I've been up to the last seven years or whatever. And Honestly, those were great episodes. Yeah, too. I really absolutely. enjoyed those. And you know, I'd love to have him back. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't think he thought about it or was even bothered by the fact that we didn't ask him to be like a returning host or anything like that. I don't think so either. He's just, he's just like, I get it. Or like, I got my own stuff. You know, the thing is, I think combination that, of things. I think that if you saw, like, if I saw you and another friend like let's say i hadn't had much contact with you in a few years and then you we had we had this right and then it ends and then you are closer in those years since like let's say we shut it down this year mm-hmm. and then five years from now you decide to do another project with somebody else and i didn't talk to you for those years i think i i would have the foresight to be like yeah you know like um he and trevor are closer he and david remained close and we didn't and it just you know it just made yeah. sense to do it with the the guys that i was closest with at the time and the two guys that fucking begged me to you know restart a podcast for and years for years years and years and years and um, now look where we are and I'm 50 episodes i'm glad in. we did i'm glad we did and yeah. then we have so many things that i'm uh that we're all working on behind the scenes mm-hmm. um that I I sometimes get in my own head and I I bitch and complain about not having the number of people the, the number of listeners that I'd like to have. Yeah. But then I sit back and I, I think you know I'm also not doing everything that I could do 
to get those listeners. There's a lot of untapped resources. There's um, video content. There's Instagram reels. There's TikToks. Um, there's untapped resources that we we just haven't used at all. And yeah, I can't start to you know in good conscience bitch and complain about the number of listeners we have or we don't have if I'm not doing everything in my power to reach out to those listeners. So there's a lot of things that we want to do. We took really ridiculous, silly photos on the day that this podcast is recorded. Um, Cause I want to, yeah, I want to get some flyers up. I want to get some other like marketing material out there. And then I've been thinking about some different things uh, for just community engagement on social media as well, where maybe, you know, we still do our, you know, twice or three times a week. Um, hey, there's a new episode up or there's a new episode coming or, Hey, in case you missed it, here's the newest episode link and here's what it's about and those kind of graphics as well. But in between time, um, what if we just, you know, one of the things I thought about was what if we're like a kind of a link farm to other uh, pop culture news sites and we have our fans just comment on that kind of stuff. And it's um, kind of like a dirt sheet radio or, um, you know, I'm trying to think of other, it wouldn't be so much as like we would create our, our, we would write our own reviews and articles and stuff, but it would just be basically sharing like basically news about video games or pro wrestling yeah. or movies or whatever. And just uh, having our, our fans come to our page for that kind of news. It's just like a uh, one-stop shop for all everything that we've talked about on the podcast. Like I said, whether it's video games or movies or, you know, uh, politics, current events, that sort of thing. And just, encouraging more engagement in, in the comments, um, things like that. So just, you know, there's a lot of different ideas that we have. I don't know if any of them will, will work. I know that we've talked to, to a lot of people that, uh, want to be guests and, um, man, I definitely think episodes 51 through hundred are going to be better than one through 50. Uh, I think just, we just continue to improve and the topics continue to get better. The sound quality continues to get better. Um, the partnership that we have with meatless Monday has just been, I mean, wonderful. So, yeah, uh, super. I mean, especially after today and just like doing photos and a, a fucking potluck and having a change of scenery. Like, man, like I'm just super motivated for everything to to come. And see, uh, when you initially like contacted uh, the group chat about um, how how bummed you were about the listeners and how you're kind of not feeling it and and this is something that we've talked about before with being uh either depressed or, or not reaching certain expectations or uh burnout and stuff like that i to me personally and i don't want this to come off the wrong way i didn't take your feelings seriously about that like how you'd be um like, I'm tired of doing this and only getting very little return on that with like very little uh, listeners. Mm -hmm. I didn't take it seriously because I knew you were getting in your own head. Yeah. And once you got out of that funk, we were going to start coasting and, and churning out, you know, the, the content and quality that our loyal listeners expect. So. Yeah. So a couple, couple different things there. So a couple different notes on that. One, um, I think a lot of our marketing or mm -hmm. advertising has been sharing things on 
our Facebook page or Twitter or whatever, and then and then sharing it to our personal pages, tagging each other, whatever. Well, a lot, I would say 90, 95% of the people that follow or like our social media um, are listeners of, or I'm sorry, are like our Facebook friends, people that we know personally, right? Right. And I should have known, this is not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm not, not a pity party or anything like that, but when I used to do music, and I think I, I brought this up on the podcast before, but I would go to my friends and I'd say, hey, will you listen to my music? Will you support my music? Will you come out to my shows? And it was never my friends that showed up. It was random fucking people mm-hmm. that would show up to my shows. Um, when I did wrestling, you know, it was a lot of like, hey, man, come out to my my shows, watch my matches, uh, you know, click on my YouTube videos, watch all my stuff, comment on my Instagram posts. And I'd always ask my friends to do that. Um, but it was never my friends that I saw at the shows. So why why then would I expect, you know, if I'm trying to promote a podcast and I go to my friends, well, those friends why would you expect it to be yeah why why would i expect my friends to do that when they haven't supported the other you know hobbies the other ventures that i've had in the past and that's not throwing anybody under the bus that's not you know what was me pity party for austin sure but if we're going to expand this podcast and get more listeners as much as i love my friends and i'd like to think that like i'm it's homies helping homies you know it's always been the the mantra since we started this podcast but if we really want to grow the podcast, we're going to have to start looking outside of our homies, our homies, <laughs> our friends group, because I love my friends and I love my family. But speaking it's, of which, it's got to be bigger than that because um, you can't rely on, you know. So I, I stayed up uh, last night playing uh, playing Call of Duty with uh, a couple friends and mm-hmm. uh, some of them got off. So it was just me and one other friend. And uh, we came into a game, randomly came across uh these people in uh dmz they end up leaving this guy stuck around thought we were cool and before we were hopping off for the night um we had a, basically said oh i gotta get up for work early in the morning i was like i gotta get up uh early enough for to uh record another episode he goes and this random guy goes what what do you do i'm like Oh, I, I, I do a podcast. And uh, so I spent about five minutes talking to him about like ice cream Sunday yep. and then meatless Monday. And, you know, I explained like this is this. And he's like, oh, dude, I'm I'm checking that out. So I don't know. Yeah, it was it was just kind of cool to be like be able to gloat about it for a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of nice to just like tell people you have a podcast, especially when you're uh, a, a male that has a podcast because I think a lot of people immediately are like, Oh, no one wants to hear your fucking opinions, Joe Rogan. And like, <laughs> it's like, no, 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 it's not, it's not that kind of show at all. It's not the fucking alpha male. Like we just and, talk, we talk about video games and our, our anxieties. And, and especially when, you know, podcasts are a dime a dozen at this point. So like, yep. of course everyone's going to have a podcast. It, it's that kind of mentality, but it's also, um, when you have moments like that where you get a gloat about it and, and it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't yeah. feel like everyone has a podcast or everyone has the ability to. It feels like this is special. As 
cocky as this is probably going to come off, everyone has a podcast. And there's nothing inherently different about our podcast. We talk a lot about the same things that any podcast does. It's current events. It's our how how we got to where we are today, our our personal histories. Yeah. A lot of people do that. A lot of podcasts do that. So our niche is no one no other podcast has a Trevor Holder. No other podcast has hey. an Austin Buckner. Um and are people are some people going to tune in and and tune in just because like okay basement yard podcast right they you don't know, talk about anything that is unique or different or special they're just talking about how silly they are and their friendship and people love their clips on TikTok and they love their podcast because like they just love that friendship are people going to tune in to us because they want to hear our probably not that unique opinions on like star Wars. Probably not there. I would say the majority of people that are, are listening to our podcast every week just want to hear from us. Um, like genuine. Yeah. It's like, just like, yeah. just dudes being dudes, you know, and not in a like alpha, Toxic. alpha male, like fuck, you know, feminism kind of way that I've seen on a lot of like male led podcasts. It's just, dudes being dudes it's it's just two guys saving all of the shit that they would have talked about throughout the week on facebook messenger (laughs) for an hour long audio clip yeah um and some people like that and some people won't and that's okay and i was listening to a podcast that was released last tuesday it was Casey Neistat. I don't know if you know who that is. Of course Big I do. YouTuber. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't have any idea who that was until Tuesday. Wait, really? I had no idea. But how how do you how do you not know who Casey Neistat is, but you know who Philip DeFranco is? I know, right? Yeah. Like those um, two are good friends. Yeah. So I didn't know who he was, and his whole life story is told on uh Flagrant, or what used to be Flagrant Two with Andrew Schultz. And he said a lot of a lot of different things that like really resonated with me. And, and one of those things was like, I don't, I never look at the analytics like, and I never did even when, even before I was a millionaire, I never looked at the analytics. I just wanted to make things that like, if I went back and I watched it, like I would be proud of it. And I still look at the analytics. I have to like, it's just, it is, it is who I am. Like sure. to, I just I want to be able to look at it and be like, fuck yeah, we, we had more listeners than we did the day before. We had more Facebook followers than we did the day before. And I like getting updates from you yeah. of, of the analytics, like, oh look at this. The, yeah. You know, a dip or a spike yep. and like But at the same time, like, can I go back and can I go back and listen to episode three? And is episode forty three better? Is the conversation better? Is the audio quality better? Are we putting out a product that I'm proud of? Like, am I in, do I enjoy listening to that 45 minutes to an hour? If I do and I'm satisfied with it, then I'm happy. Because something that Casey said was basically, I would rather fail doing something that makes me happy, makes me excited gets me motivated to get out of bed every day than to 
be successful at something that isn't authentic. And I think that if we just, if we continue to stay true to ourselves and uh, we continue to bring that authenticity, then, and if if people listen listen to it, great. And if they don't, then at least we put out a product that we were proud of. Um, the other thing that really resonated with me is he said, uh, it doesn't have to be a good story. It just has to be told well. And that was one of the things that hearkening back to are any of the subjects that we're talking about unique or special? No, not really. But maybe we come at it from a different angle or we bring a new perspective and we tell it in a way to uh, share an opinion or tell a story in a way that's, that's fun or unique or different. Um, that's what this show's all about. That's what it's been about since day one is, uh, sharing stories and perspectives in a, in maybe a different or unique or sometimes dim-witted fucking way that <laughs> no, no one else has thought of. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I had no idea who Casey Neistat was and that it was probably like a two hour, two and a half hour podcast. And I just sat there and was just like, just stared at my, at my screen, just watching. He's his, a fascinating dude. He's and, yeah, uh, incredible. I know a few years ago he did this thing where, um, I think he, he rented out a jet or, or something like that and did this whole video on, um, what first class is like or mm-hmm. what, what a private jet's like or something like that. And it, it got a shit ton of views and it was huge. And like people were bashing him. It's like, Oh, look at you. Just uh, more or less humble bragging. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's, that's not it at all. But yeah. no, I think, I think Casey and I said, considering everything he's done and, and everything he's spoken for and about and all that, like, I think he's a genuinely good dude, a lot like um, Mr. Beast. And, uh, you know, uh, I grew up with Philip DeFranco because of my buddy Bryce Bernard, who's like, hey, check this dude out. And I'll, I, I will always remember this, and this is one of those things that you just kind of don't forget. Mm-hmm. I've listened to Philip DeFranco every single day that he's put out content. When he made new channels, when he did, when he when he changed stuff up, and to see him go from some dude talking in his own room, just being a jackass the entire time, from a video that that he specifically put out called "Don't Pay Your Taxes," <laughs> right? He was just some like dude bro, and now he's gone into this full blown like it's on a mission for like. A, almost like an internet news network. Yeah. And it's incredible. It's so, I think obviously the internet has allowed us greater access to, um, you know, public figures, uh, internet celebrities, if you want to call them than, than ever before. Uh, another one of those examples is Bo Burnham. I remember watching his YouTube videos and he was just this like very bright, silly kid who made these dumb, somewhat misogynistic songs on YouTube. And then fast forward to his latest offering inside on Netflix. And you're just like, wow, that is not the same kid 
that was making goofy fucking songs about his wiener when he was like 16 years old. It's a whole, like to watch people like that grow up. You just like, it's, and I, and that's what I hope this podcast is too. Like we started this podcast, the 2022 version when I was 33, when we were both 33, we're now 34 and you know, 20 years from now we can go back hopefully still on Spotify, if not in the Google drive and listen to what we thought about at 34. And we're either going to be able to go back and be like, wow, like we were pretty insightful for 33, 34 years old, or we'll go back and be like, what the fuck were we even talking about? <laughs> um, probably the second one, honestly. Yeah, oh, yeah. But my memory's not great. Yeah. Except when it wants to be about useless shit. Exactly. So I'm not going to remember any it's context. It's going to be, this is, this is me videotaping my life in a way. Yeah. Kids grew up and their, their parents took videos of them and took a lot of photos of them. This is my weekly diary in a way. This is a, 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 a vomit of my thoughts onto an hour long audio every week. And hopefully our kids don't listen to this till they're actually old enough to yeah. understand it. Cause I don't want my kids like eight years old being like my kid, especially my second child is going to listen to this <laughs> and be like, man, there was a time where my dad fucking hated me. <laughs> I don't, I love you. You just shit on my shower curtains for no fucking reason. Um, one of the things I wanted to do with this episode was uh, I asked some of our closest friends, family, uh, listeners to the podcast to submit audio clips. I wanted to have their voices on the show. Um, so I wanted them to either share a a question or a comment or a story um, and allow them a little bit of time to have their voices heard on the show. How far into this episode are we? Uh, 24 minutes, 27 seconds. Okay, so I know we're 24 minutes into the podcast, but for those of you that are new and uh, they're just listening to this episode first, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Um, If you need any context, any idea of the kind of podcast that you're listening to or that you're about to get uh, involved with, go to episode 13 of the podcast and just give that a whirl. <laughs> yes. That's a great place to start. Yeah. Great place to start. And then maybe for further context, listen to the cherry on top. That's uh, uploaded literally the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. But uh, well, let me ask you this uh, of the 49 episodes we've done before this, which one is your favorite? Okay. You've asked this so many I times. I know I have. And then on top of that, a question I don't think I've asked before which one would you like a chance to do over? Oh man. Um does this include cherry on tops? Sure. Where we announce the pregnancy. You want to do that over again or is that your favorite? That that's probably my favorite because your your reaction Oh, cuz I'm a dipshit and had no idea <laughs> yeah. what was in that box. I was like, what the fuck's all this baby shit yeah. for? I thought it was just like I thought you were using all of that shit as like crinkle paper. I was like, where's the actual gift? <laughs> um um honestly though i don't know as far as like full episodes um zach um i love zach. my dad yeah yeah uh 
don't know. There's there's a lot to choose. We've from. talked about favorites. What's is there any one that you maybe not like that you, you disliked, or, but you were like, man, I wish we could have them on again, or I wish I would have asked better questions, or whatever. I don't know. I, I part of me says no. I don't have anything like that just because. Uh, it's nice to have even even our worst episodes up and be okay with it and accept that because that shows growth as mm-hmm. we go on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the early days, you can see where we stumble a lot more as opposed to now where we're a bit more held together by duct tape. Than- There's times, I think, in the early days where, like, yeah, we fuck up or we stumble over our words. Sure. And, like, I purposely keep that shit in because I like to... Yeah. Like you look, you listen to, like I said, like the third or fourth episode or that. And that's, I mean, this is pulling the curtain back a little bit, but we record multiple episodes at a time. So that was probably our first or second recording session. And then you get to now. And I think that we're, our conversations better. We're not stumbling over our words. We're a little more competent on the mic. And, and I think, uh, I think allowing our fuck ups to be heard by others, not just cut out, just to make ourselves seem the very best that we are. Mm. It's not the case. We all know that. We're not dumb. We know our listeners aren't dumb. Uh, I I don't know. I just think that with that kind of authenticity, it really... Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I had the whole thing thought out, too. Um, I think... I think it's a more respectable way to, to go about things. I, yeah. I, there's, there's some things I said, and that's the joy, uh, the gift and the curse of me being the one who goes back and listens to it and edits for content. Um, I could go back and I could take out things that make me sound stupid or um, anything that I've said that could even be misconstrued as controversial. I could take that out. Um, and I don't because... I think that I have to, I like, I, I fucking said it like, you know, so that you got to live with it. You you brought me back. I got it now. Um, you know, with all our fuck ups being aired out and, and us acknowledging, accepting that, uh, it helps us develop like a thick skin so we can actually laugh at ourselves, not feel bad about it, not feel embarrassed about it. And if we do feel embarrassed about it, it helps with the content. Yeah. So, you know, have sorry to interrupt. Have you ever listened to Childish Gambino's like first studio album called Camp? Uh, no. There's a giant like it's like 12 minutes long song at the end of the album, and there's like a monologue at the end, and it talks about his. Uh, there's a, a bus ride on the way back from a summer camp, mm-hmm. and he tells this girl that he's like really into her, that he likes her more than friends, and he. In the in the monologue, he says, "I regrettably used the word destiny," and then he, oh. and then she doesn't say anything, and he falls asleep. And when he wakes up, uh, the that girl that he was talking to that he likes is off the bus, and like the mean girls, the popular girls, walk by him on their way out of the bus, and one of them giggles, "Destiny," and basically, the moral of the story is. I learned to cut out the middleman and make it for everyone always. And I think that's what we do really, really well on the podcast is I have these opinions. 
whether they're about whether they're as simple as about wrestling or video games or i i hold these i guess higher stake opinions mm-hmm. about politics or about religion and maybe i don't want that out there or maybe i shouldn't have said that and like naughty naughty me like i shouldn't have said that but now it's out there it's for everyone always and i cut out the middleman everyone knows because i told all of you yeah and see that's the thing i i think because we commit to that and we we embrace that that it really does help us um you know kind of deal with that and and get over certain things that mm-hmm. we normally would like we'd either backtrack on or would be too afraid to say yeah. uh, otherwise and i think that it's helped me understand like uh i don't want to be like a i don't want to sound like a conservative fucking talking head but it's made me understand and sort of empathize with against cancel culture because People can change. There's things that I've said 40 weeks ago that I might not agree with now. Um, But, okay, for example, like my grandma came to me and she was like, hey, I heard the episode where you talked about uninviting your mother from Mm -hmm. your wedding. Uh Why would you put all of like your, like our family business out there for the world to see? Mm-hmm. Um, do I sort of regret that? Not really, but like for my grandmother's mother, sake, who has to kind of play like the referee between my mother and I, a little bit for her. But in October. Yeah, but would you have said all this otherwise? Like some of this stuff otherwise? No, that's what I'm saying. On In October of 2022, when we put that episode out, mm-hmm. that's how I fucking felt. And the way that I felt was everyone needs to know what I've been dealing with for 30 fucking years, you know? Um, Do I feel that way now removed from the situation? No. Would I five months later tell this random story about why five months ago I uninvited my mother from the wedding? No, but I think that's the authenticity of this podcast is that I'm going to say whatever I I'm thinking or however I feel in that moment, we publish it, mm-hmm. and then we deal with the consequences. Yeah. And it might not be how I feel five months later, but in that moment when we recorded it, that's exactly how I felt, and I didn't sugarcoat anything. Yeah. All of our raw emotions, all of our raw feelings toward whatever is going to come out in what we produce. And, and you know, we'll have episodes like that later on, too, I'm sure, mm-hmm. but, you know, it... I mean, that's just something people can expect. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to uh, the audio clips. So yes. we we asked uh, former guests or very close friends or listeners of the show uh, to send in audio clips. And I'm just going to play them in the order that they came in. Have you listened to any of them? I've listened to a couple of them. Some of them I haven't. So I don't know what okay. to expect. Yeah. So I haven't listened to anything. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. Oh, brilliant. So I plug my thing right in so that you can we can live react to it or however you want to go. Sure. But, uh, this first one is from Abs. Abs was the first guest on Meatless Monday. Okay. Okay. Well, now this is happening. <laughs> Who's my good girl? 
who's my good boy, who's my good champ. It's you. You are. <laughs> such, such good. All right, there's a story behind that. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Catherine calls me a good boy on every episode of Meatless sure. Monday. So we were in this group chat together. I made the mistake of adding like 50 people to a group chat and was like, hey guys, I would love for you to send in audio clips. That was a mistake, And then by it the fucking way. devolved into chaos and everyone just started talking to each other. Um, Abs sent this picture of himself in cosplay and he looks fucking amazing, right? Um, many wow emoji reactions, one of them being Mr. Will uh, from our EFED. Uh, yeah. Will post something like, you know, like, oh man, like beautiful, looks awesome. I think I have a boner. Um, and then so, <laughs> yeah. And then so, of course, Abs was like, well, wait till you hear my fucking voice. Uh, and then he sent that. So uh, awesome. he, he did the good boy <laughs> for me. He did the good girl for Kethry. And then another person in the chat was like, or good champ if you're non binary. So he threw that one in there as well. So Guys, that was non binary pal. Yes. Uh, let's find the next one. This is from Mac McClure. This is, uh, my college roommate. Okay. I just want to know if you'd rather be a ninja, a Viking, or a pirate, and why? I'll let you answer that one first. Oh, fuck. Um, probably ninja. Yeah. I think culturally... For me, ninja makes sense being of Eastern Asian descent. Um, and I think the the stealth aspect of it instead of raw power like a Viking would be. Um, and I don't know if I'm cunning enough to be like and charismatic enough to be a, a, a pirate. But I think ninja is the way to go for, for me. No, I'm not saying any of them uh, have a lack of honor or anything like that. I just think um, in terms of the overall culture i think ninja would be the one for me um it it's very more um structured yeah uh which i i like structure i don't like uh you know uh, flying by and just winging it you know i know it's not technically a ninja technically he's still a samurai but he does some very ninja type bullshit but if I could be the main character in Ghost of Tsushima, still haven't played that's, it. What's that? I still haven't played it. Are you seriously? I'm serious. It's the most beautiful video game I've ever. I don't think you understand like all the shit that I've been playing. It's <laughs> gorgeous. I know. It's, I want it so bad. It's amazing. You it, could sit down. It's on and PlayStation Plus. I know I can get it. I can play it for free. My wife will sit and talk to you about that video game for hours. It's like I I. Technically, I to, I've never played it either. I've just watched her play it. I need but, to talk to your wife about Horizon more. Oh, yeah. She loves those games. Yeah. And she's fucking great at them. Well, the DLC just came out too, yeah. so I want her thoughts. Um, next one is from my brother, Mikkel. Um, here we go. Okay, so this is a subject that Austin can talk about for literally hours. But what is your favorite family home-cooked meal? Um... Yes, so I can talk about this for hours because I'm fat as fuck. Uh, don't nod. Um, it's tr true. I've called you fat. Yeah, every episode. Uh, man, favorite home-cooked meal. Here's the thing. My grandpa did a lot of the cooking when mm -hmm. I was young. Um, and he was an unbelievable cook. 
But from January to about the middle of April, tax season, because he's an accountant, um, we did not have dinner with him. So my grandma stepped up and she did a lot of the cooking. She's not the best cook. I wouldn't even say she's a good cook. (laughs) But there are select dishes that she is fucking phenomenal at. And one of those was her meatloaf and her homemade mac and cheese sauce. Like her, Mm. oh my God. Like all the time. Every time I'm at her place, she's like, hey, like, do you want to go out to dinner? Do you want to go to the Olive Branch in Greenfield? Or do you want to, you know, be nostalgic and get a burger at the bowling alley? Or do you want to get ice cream at the Tiger Drive-In? I'm like, no, I just want you to make a pan of meatloaf and a pot of macaroni and cheese. And there's nothing, you know, she's a white lady from Iowa, so it's not like even seasoned (laughs) the best. But it's just like there's something about that that just reminds me of like, yeah, it just reminds me of like, my youth, a simpler time, like pre-depression Austin. So I can probably pick out uh, a couple different dishes. Um, uh, tuna patties. Ooh. Uh, let's see. Um, mac- just regular mac and cheese that my dad would make, but then uh, he would slice up hot dogs and fry them in ketchup. And there's just something about... I've never seen it done by anybody else. Heather hasn't even come close. Heather's an amazing cook, and but like she hasn't come close to it. Um, but there's something about just the way the hot dogs are um, fried. Mm-hmm. The, it has like that that blackened searing yes. to it. Oh, so good. Um, there's a dish that I make that I personally. Uh, You've had it. Is the one I'm thinking of? It's the, the chicken and chicken, yeah. green beans, and and, and the, potatoes. Like, diced potatoes are yep. yeah, so good. That that's my everything in a pan together. Yep, yeah. that's my solid. Um, Heather makes fucking great chili. Um, I know she's in the the next room, probably listening, blushing, pork like, chops. Oh, I've never had anything bad that that woman's ever made, and right? and and. Nine times out of ten, like take that dish and then put it against somebody else, and she usually makes the best version of it. Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. Like one time she made. Do you remember when she made like a wedding? Like it was a birthday cake or a wedding cake, and she like just because she wanted it on us. Yeah. <sighs> Oatmeal raisin cookies. <sighs> um. I don't get me wrong. I love my wife, and I love this house. I do miss living with you guys a lot. Most days. Heather got me into eating asparagus regularly. Um, zucchini regularly. Okay. Going like, back to asparagus. My family, again, very simple, not the best cooks, especially my grandma. No yeah. offense. I love you. Um, we would have canned asparagus. And then she, my grandma would just heat it up. Right? I never had like fresh like grilled asparagus. And then after I did, I'm like, holy shit. This is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I can't do the mushy bullshit. Same with like spinach. We had like canned spinach and I can't do it. But like fresh spinach, like in a salad or something. Delicious. Anyway. um, Moving on. Next one is from uh, my friend Mike Nelson. He is a a cook or a chef. I have listened to this. (laughs) I have listened to this one. Okay. Uh, Okay, Austin. 
you've been to my place, we watched the pay-per-view, you've had my chicken wings, you, you must talk about how I make the best chicken wings on the planet. There you go. Holy shit, hold on, hold on. That's his fucking real voice? That's his real voice, yeah, he's a, he's a big dude, he's like a six foot four, maybe taller than that. He he's sounds like dude. the fucking movie trailer guy. <laughs> I would tell him that. Um, no, so uh, Mike Nelson is a, is a chef. Uh, he actually, I, I can't remember if it was Drake University or another university in like Cedar Rapids, but he, he was actually the chef for a, um, he was the chef for a fraternity. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, he's awesome. Awesome. And we went to his house for an AEW pay-per-view and I was like, he's like, I'm going to make these chicken wings. They're the best chicken wings you'll ever have in your life. And I was like... All right, Mike. Sure. Cause every no offense to anybody, but anytime anyone like brags about like how good their food is, sometimes you're like, I mean, it was fine, I guess. Like, I think that's what I like most about Heather's is like she's very humble about it. And then you're like, you said it was gonna be okay, and now it's like the shit. Um Be careful about what you're about to tell me about these chicken wings because to me, best chicken wings I ever had were uh, from Wings on Wheels. Wings on Wheels is good. But these were unbelievable. The okay. thing is, the thing that I think the thing that made it better is just like, so Dustin was here for the weekend sure. and we went to Mike's to watch a pay-per-view and we logged in like 15 minutes late. We just couldn't figure out how to get like... Uh, Bleacher Report or Fight TV or whatever app we were using to like the log in. And so we were all like a little pissy. And then at like a fucking savior, Mike just pops in. He's like, I got fucking chicken wings. And we're, <laughs> they were so fucking good. I can't even really tell you like how they were seasoned. I'll have to get like a recipe from him or something if he'll give it to yeah, me. Yeah. If- but yeah, dude, that dude okay. fucking delivered. So yes, you should have Mike. him on then. So yes, Mike, you're chicken wings are some of the best i've ever had in my life let's just, let's just do a podcast with him on and like he makes chicken wings and we try them out amazing yeah it's like hot ones yeah but. yeah yeah. <laughs> uh the next one is from my spotify girlfriend uh lauren lafontaine lauren the fountain since i've recently been named austin's spotify girlfriend <laughs> i've got to ask the guys what is your favorite concert you've ever been to talk about it and congrats on 50 episodes yeah. Unless you answer first. Lincoln Park. Oh, where at? Hands down. It was uh, Omaha. I went with my nice. sister and a friend of hers. We went down there. Um, in, in terms of showmanship, okay? Lincoln Park. Hands down. They, they did this thing on stage where they had a bunch of screens uh, above them, but they were on arms and stuff. And so they'd extend out, retract spin around and like loop around each other and stuff it was the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life and it was amazing uh one of my favorite concerts just flat out uh was theory of a dead man i also gotta do the meet and greet yeah yeah you got the the kick drum head from that different show Oh, okay. I've I've seen them in concert like three or four times already. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And sound my favorite band. 
I think um, I have a couple of different answers. So as far as like what was the best for me personally, just because I love that band, uh, we went up Thanksgiving weekend 2016 and uh, saw Two Door Cinema Club. That's been my favorite band for years. Um, And saw them. It was, I mean everything I wanted it to be. They're a band from Europe. They don't tour the U S that often. So to be able to see them in a very intimate setting, like the theater that we saw them in, in, in Minneapolis, it was like, it was a weird, like upstairs club, very, very small, um, maybe 800 to a thousand people tops, kind of like horizon event center. Like it's pretty small. Um, and the stage wasn't like that high off the, it was just, and we got in super early. We were in like the second row. Um, I touched hands with the lead singer. Like it was awesome. Um, for me personally, a great one just because like, you know, um, the best one that was like above and beyond a concert experience, my, my chemical romance, like, not only was the performance great, I knew all the songs. It just it felt like a, a religious experience. It felt like you were at at church. Um, they went hard as fuck for like forty five minutes, and then the entire band leaves. Gerard Way and a piano player are the only ones left on stage, and Gerard Way sings the song "Cancer" from the Black Parade, mm-hmm. um, and just ends the show with that. And it just like, there's probably 15,000 people in that arena. Yeah. Wells Fargo arena in Des Moines. No, dry and it eye. just not that too. And it just, it just felt like it was just like me and Gerard and he was singing right to me. Um, it's fucking awesome. And then the third one, just based on like the best concert experience from the way that the music was performed to the charisma, to all of the, props for a a lack of a better term uh i've only seen them once and it was right after their first sorry their second studio album vessel came out two-door cinema club is the best live band maybe in the history of the world they are unbelievable so i i've heard of them before you know who really got me into them though daniel yeah yeah, he this to was a like lot of that during work. This was before they were like a big arena band. Before they were like a, like selling out stadiums. This was on a college campus in yeah. Columbia, Missouri. They just blew me away. Um, the I think it was the the last song they did, or very close to the last song they did. They they had like a a loop machine or whatever. So like the the instrumental of the song is playing. The drummer and the lead singer both get on these platforms with like bass drums or basically like not timpanis, but they're like bass drums, but they're turned. So they're like banging on them with mallets right. and they're on platforms and the crowd is just surfing these platforms. And so they're crowd surfing on these platforms, playing the drums. Like the whole experience was just was fucking wild. Um, I just want to make honorable mentions to breaking Benjamin. That was a phenomenal show. Yeah. And that was shortly, I think that was shortly after Halo 2 got released. So when they, uh, you know, when they played, they made a mention of like, how many of you play Halo? And I fucking knew. And not a whole lot of people did know. And then they started playing the song that they 
that they had specifically made for um the Halo 2 uh soundtrack which plays in game it was the fucking wildest thing and then you know you got um Coheed and Cambria oh so, that's one band that I've always wanted to see live incredible so it was a Coheed and Cambria Slipknot and Trivium concert holy shit at, yeah at Wells Fargo and it was insane yeah it, so i mean that was a show i have mastered the art of mowing my lawn uh, to make it start and finish like the exact length of time of uh, Good Apollo on Burning Star 4, like that album. I can listen to the whole thing and I'm done like right when that album finishes. It's mm. awesome. I do it every time. Do it like once a week. That's satisfying. Yeah, it's so good. Um, these next audio clips I'm I'm nervous about because I feel like this man's going to have questions that I'm going to have a difficult time answering. This is from uh, probably our our most loyal listener, Jacob Wilborn. Oh. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> so I am an outdoors person. I work in conservation. And I want to know what your favorite part of Iowa or whatever state you live in, what your favorite part of that state's natural resources could be native flowers an animal a native area and i want to know why so you might have to do some homework because i know this is a question particular to me and not everybody's an outdoorsy person but that's something i want to know and i want to encourage you to do because man iowa has so many cool things and uh i just think it's a little bit underappreciated at times and I also think people don't get asked what their favorite flower is. So I want to know what your favorite particular natural flower is. So a native flower is not something like, ooh, I like roses. Those are pretty. Yeah, roses are pretty, but they look pretty fucking plastic compared to what's blooming in our woodlands right now. True. That shit's cool. <laughs> that shit's cool. Um, Do you want to start? Yeah. Um. So I don't know if, if this can exactly answer what he's asking um i mean and it's no secret because i've told everyone this if i were to go back to washington if i could move back to washington i absolutely would Mm -hmm. the view there is fucking incredible um you know i i lived in a town called mount vernon um in this kind of community off to the side uh known as monta vista Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you could literally step outside your front door and get a view of uh, Mount Baker in the distance. And it looked amazing every time. Like, just the view alone, just the atmosphere around that area is is incredible. Um, I personally also like like a foggy vibe, too. And that place got foggy a lot. I'm a huge storm person, so you know any place that storms consistently, I'm I'm down for. Have you ever been to Tennessee, Smoky Mountains? I have not. I think you you would love it. Okay, just because you, you mentioned the fog, and that's like that's the whole thing about the Smoky Mountains I, is they're super foggy. All and the look, time. I've Googled up like what's the foggiest places in America? <laughs> Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, uh, no, I, I I would like to uh check out any any place that's like super foggy just to kind of like get that vibe um 
flower though. Uh, I like cherry blossoms. There's something very artistic about it. Yeah. I think he meant native to Iowa. Oh, well, I have that's no okay. idea. <laughs> that's okay. I don't know either. So, um, yeah, I didn't do my homework on this one. So uh, we probably should have listened to these before the podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say like in Iowa, what's funny is that, all right, so like you go to Illinois, the far side of Illinois, the east side of Illinois, okay. and you get to the Great Lakes. Yeah. Or Wisconsin, you get to the Great Lakes. Um, Minneapolis or not Minneapolis, Minnesota, you have like some beautiful lakes up there. Um, it's, it's gorgeous. And then in like South Dakota, North Dakota, you have like the badlands, you have the black Hills. Um, once you get into Nebraska, you have like the, the sand Hills and then Colorado, obviously the mountains. So like, it seems like everything around the state of Iowa has this like really, um, this really interesting landscape and I was sort of boring on, on the outside looking in, but I mean, even from the inside for certain people, <laughs> it's, it's boring. I think, and this might be a, a cop out answer, but my kids live in Newton, Iowa now instead of Des Moines. So to get there from Pella, instead of taking a highway, all the way to Des Moines, you take these windy roads like through Reasoner and then you get to Newton. And there's this one section where you kind of come around a curve and you go down the hill and you look to your left and it's just this awesome farmland and it just goes all the way up. And like, I know that that's probably really not like natural, you know, like what he's thinking of, like wooded areas or mountains or rivers or whatever, but just like, I leave and I go to like Florida, right? And I see the ocean or I go to Colorado and I see the mountains and I come back here and I'm like, there is something inherently beautiful about farmland, about like the, all of, like all of the world's food. It's just like, it's right here. <laughs> like it's right in front of us. I think maybe closer to what Jacob is asking. Um, I spent probably three months of every year since I was born to about 22 years old uh, living in Creston, Iowa. Uh, we would camp at Green Valley Lake the whole summer um, between that and Orient because there's a there's a nine day limit where you have to move your camper every nine days. You have to leave uh, a park every nine days. So we would go back and forth from Orient, uh, sometimes Greenfield, sometimes Anita, but Creston was where we were mostly at. Um, and so I got really familiar with walking around that whole lake. And there's a section where you kind of, you go out by the lake and then you branch off and you come back in the main entrance. And I would do that because it's about a 5k when I was running cross country and it was just a good way to practice that, that distance. Um, but if I had to pick like a, you know, and that might even be a man-made lake, but there's just something that I, I love about that place, even though I think Creston is a fucking cesspool and I hate everyone I've ever met from that city. Uh, no offense, Melanie or Megan. Um, or John. Or even Abby Warner, because I think she's from Creston too. Um, any of our friends. Yes, any of our friends. <laughs> Anyone else? Fuck them. Fuck <laughs> um, but I, I just, I love Green Valley State Park. It, it, it there's so many great memories um growing up there my summers were just spent sleeping in a tent out there um 
you know, tubing, skiing, uh, making out with girls on the pier, you know, just normal dude shit, you know, just normal brown boy around a bunch of white girl shit. Small town living. Small town living. Um, But (laughs) on a more serious note, like I, it just, I'll, I'll still go back when I'm in the area and I'll take a detour and I'll just drive through Creston and I'll go to the lake and I'll just kind of drive around the campgrounds and see it, see what's changed or walk by the cabins and, I just that area like means so much to me um, and my family. There's a right in the center of the campground. There's a, a like a bathhouse uh, with showers and bathrooms and stuff. And our family always used to get like the same semicircle where we would all face the lake, but then the grassy area um, in the middle like would be basically our big congregation. We do bonfires every night and we do like big potluck style meals every night. Like clearly from today, you all know how much I'm a fucking potluck loving ass bitch. And that was every night for three months of my summers. That'd be Um, great. I just, yeah, like that's, um, my family just got together and we just camped and, um, we made really good friends and then they would always come back the next year and our, our group just continued to grow until my, my uncle and my grandfather passed away. So, um, yeah, to answer in a long winded way, that question, uh, yeah, I mean, Green Valley State Park would probably be my number one. I mean, that, that place just means so much to me to this day. Uh, next one is from, uh, Drew Van Dyke. Oh, yeah. One of my all-time favorite podcast guests. Hey, guys. Happy 50th. Um, If you had to choose between uh, pancakes with the bacon on the side or eggs and grits um, in the morning, which would you prefer? I'll listen off here. Thanks. Okay. There's a story behind this as well. Do you remember a song by uh, an R&B artist called The Dream? The song was Shorty as a 10. Vaguely. Okay, so this song came out in the summer of 2007. Maybe a month, a month and a half before I started college. Um, Drew and I lived across from each other in Hudson Perrin at Northwest Missouri State University. It's two freshman dorms. That year, they were brand new. We were the first ones to ever live in them, and we destroyed the place. (laughs) Uh, But Drew and I lived across from each other I would play this song constantly and we would quote it to each other. And uh, anytime, like we would have like a Facebook message, right? Or a text message back and forth from each other. And every time I'd sign off, I'd be like, thanks, man. You're a 10. Every fucking time. We would do it every fucking time. So if you remember, when you gave your speech at my wedding reception, yeah, your last thing was, so sit back relax and enjoy the rest of this wedding or whatever drew's was you're you're a 10 and we should tip you but instead i'll propose a toast or whatever that's the (laughs) joke because the line in the song is like um like he's basically going uh uh, and talking fuck it hold on give me two seconds (laughs) let's play it my phone's plugged in anyway um, but basically he just talks about like everything he loves about this, uh, is, is fucking girl. So. so, okay. I'm glad you're actually explaining context behind this because I feel like it would have been a Demi Lovato moment for me Oh yeah, where it's like, what's your favorite dish? 
I like mugs. <laughs> I would have just said, oh, I like pancakes and bacon. Describe your perfect date, <laughs> April 24th, because <laughs> it's not hot. All right, here's a little bit of this song. Shorty rock to the beat for you. know this song. Shorty, yeah, do yeah. Rock to the beat for your boy. Radio killer, yeah, killer, yeah. Shorty clap, it. Shorty type, it. Should have stayed there all night it with you. Yep. With you. Don't play too much. We don't want to get now it's time I get back up with you. What's Spotify gonna do? Take down our podcast that ten people listen to a week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they will. <laughs> um yes, but uh there's a part in the song where he's like, uh if she cooks you eggs and grits in the morning, you should tip her. You should tip her. Um, pancakes with the bacon on the side, you should tip her. We quote that shit to each other once a month <laughs> for the last 15 years. So what you're saying is if I wake up to breakfast from Heather, I yeah. should tip her. Yes. Okay. Just the tip. I got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah just get up, pick it up. What I'm putting down. Uh, there's two more. This one is from Heather Wilborn, the wife of Jacob Wilborn, Ooh. who is also an unbelievable uh, listener and and supporter of the show. So I know that I'm coming in like right on the deadline because you said the 28th, but I have been on a trip and it's been like a busy week for me. So I just want to say congrats on the 50th episode. You guys, you're fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Like, I would never have guessed back in high school that one of the podcasts that I listen to is by some of my, like, best friends from that time. Aww. So I just want to say congratulations and keep up the good work. You guys are fantastic. Also, congrats on your marriages because, let's be honest, they're the best part of your life. Hey. You're not wrong. My wife's dope as fuck. Uh, I don't know what to say to that. It's very, very sweet. It's very, very nice. Very wholesome. Very wholesome. Um, Watch, the next one's going to be like a dick joke one. <laughs> <laughs> the Wilborns are the fucking best. I have not listened to any part of this one. Um, okay. So my my friend Dakota uh, sent me this. He was the only one that emailed it. So he's the only one that followed the fucking the directions. Uh, everyone else just sent him in the, the group chat. So <laughs> let me see if I can even find it. Um, he said... I got a little long-winded. This is a five-minute story. So here we fucking go. Hey, what's up, Ice Cream Sunday Podcast? My name is Dakota Stricker. I'm going to go with the most cliche of all cliche sayings in history and say I am a longtime listener, first-time caller. My God, that just made me cringe out of my soul. <laughs> but anyway, how I found the podcast, I'm friends with Austin which how we met is a pretty interesting story. I wouldn't say it's funny or anything like that, um, but it is a worthy anecdote. Uh, we worked at the same place over in Carroll, Iowa. We worked at a call center for, an, for a uh, home warranty company. But anyway, the re how we met it's was we were in the same training class. He was in the customer service department. Oh, he was warranty. slightly above mm -hmm. me. Um, handling hey, like escalated broken. calls. I can't remember the exact title of it. But anyway, one day in that training class, I came in with a uh, Kenny Omega hoodie and we kind of just yep. hit it off on of course. talking about wrestling 
and all that basically from the get-go um plus we also he was also making jokes and all that with one of my close friends who actually was in that training class didn't know he got the job out there which was hilarious when i walked in and saw him sitting there um sadly he unfortunately passed away a couple years back um but anyway my story with how i came to really know austin was when we first got out onto the actual work floor taking calls and all that after like a few weeks of training and i couldn't tell you how ill prepared i was i was completely unrepaired to be handling customer service calls at that point in time um it gave me honestly to god it gave me really bad anxiety for that whole like week of taking the first calls um the first the reason happens the first day the uh kid that was i was uh teamed up with he was answering the phones and getting all of these softball ass questions all, all these <laughs> softball ass questions and calls and all that and he's just getting the easiest calls in all the world and then i hop on for my first call thinking okay well if this is how it is then it's i don't think this job's gonna be too difficult and then of course the first call i get was a lady absolutely fucking screaming bloody murder dakota had an escalation like right away (laughs) i think at the i remember that call vividly she wanted to be reimbursed for using it outside a company that we didn't pre-approve first yep which now days would be an easy call for me to take but at the time i was very unprepared for it it quite honestly shell shocked the absolute hell out of me i pretty much when that uh first day ended i actually was in the training room like crying because i didn't think i could handle the job i remember this so so as the week goes on i don't i just i use all the allotted time that they gave me us in the training class and I i just didn't go like, I was like, I don't know how to handle this or anything. But I sat through it that weekend, and then the next week, I went back and still attempted to do the job. Um, same old, same old. I would get a few easy calls that kind of settled me in, but then I would get more escalated calls and would rattle me. I remember quite a few times there were some calls that I was tearing up after because I just was so stressed and anxietyed out. I don't know if I can handle it. But anyway, one de- one day after that second week, I remember my supervisor sat down with me and said, "Hey, I'm gonna sit you with I'm gonna sit Austin with you. He's going to hear you take calls and offer feedback on what you can do differently and see what we can do to help you feel more comfortable." And so he that he did it that day or the next day, I believe. Either way, it was shortly after that he sat with me and then we took some calls. But the thing that really settled me into the job was after one where he looked right at me and said, hey, if you talk to these customers the way you talk to me, I feel like you would be a lot better at it and you'd be able to handle it more. But that's what I always remembered was him telling me that if you talk to them like you talk to me, you'll be fine. And that always stuck with me. And that was always something that I kept in mind. And now I'm five years at this company. And I believe I told Austin this uh, story a few years back when, or a few years, a few months back, back in like January, I believe, when it hit that I was there for five years. But anyway, I just wanted to share that story, how we met, um, and kind of the impact Austin had on my life. Because my life would be completely different if I believed that anxiety was and stress was too much for me to handle 
at the start of that job. Who knows where the hell I'd be. So thank you, Austin. I'll keep listening. And uh, you guys are great. Keep doing, keep uh, keeping up the good work. Oh, Austin had a positive impact. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's <laughs> I rare do from time to time. Yeah. That's, uh, that's rare. Um, yes, I do remember this quite vividly. Um, so I, I started working at this home warranty company and you kind of giggled at that and like your house is broken. So, um, I, I, I'm not going to say the company that we worked for, the company that Dakota works for. I don't know if I would use that company specifically, but a home warranty is a good idea in theory. So you have your home insurance, right? So homeowner's insurance. If your house burns down or gets struck by lightning or something happens catastrophic, um, that covers you for repairs, that sort of thing. Your home warranty covers you if your, your refrigerator goes out, your plumbing goes out, that sort of thing. So it's not a bad product to have. And a lot of times when you, when you buy a new home, uh, your realtors, one of the things that, that my department did was when I first started working there is we would, uh, partner with real estate agents and they would, they would partner with, uh, um, like their companies, they would partner with us and they would buy a one year trial warranty for their, uh, their homeowners. So if anything happens in the first year, you're covered. Um, so it is a great product. I don't sure. know if I would use the company that I work for, but, uh, in theory, it's a, it's a great product. Um, I worked there for probably nine months to a year and I got asked to leave the department that I was in, which was escalations. So it was higher than customer service. They would pass them on to us. We would talk and we would have multiple phone calls with the homeowner to, to resolve the, the problem more than just one customer service call could. Um, so, uh, when I got that job, they asked me to basically be sort of the manager of that department or, um, like a team, a team lead, basically, basically a manager, whatever you want to call it. Um, I had the experience in these escalated calls. So higher level of customer service, basically. So I could take my experience that I've had over the last nine months to a year and, pass that on to people that were just coming in as new customer service representatives. So I had to go back to training for two weeks um, and, and basically sit in with these new hires. Right. So Dakota was one of them. And yeah, like he said, kicked it off right away. Um, I noticed his Kenny Omega, the cleaner hoodie. He noticed at the time I had a uh, tiger mask Um because Mitsuhara Masawa was one of my favorite wrestlers. It was a tiger mask phone case. And he was like, that fucking tiger mask. And I was like, is that fucking Kenny Omega? Um, so right away we were the best of friends. Cause when you, <laughs> when you live in a small town, you search for those people that those very few people that have the same hobbies as you. So yeah. Um, and Dakota was just super, super nervous, uh, right out the gate. And yeah, I just remember that conversation. I was just like, Hey man, like, you and I have this, this great rapport. And if, if you just like talk to me and, and treat these people like they're, they're people, not customers, not, you know, uh, just, you know, someone that has an issue, someone that's yelling at you sit down and talk to them. Like, you know, like, like you're their friend and you just want to help them. Um, like 
it's it's going to go so much smoother for you. And uh, yeah, he took my advice. And like he said, he's been with that company for five years. And I'm, I'm glad that I could play. That's a sm- awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that I could play a very small role in, um, you know, helping him find a, a career that clearly he's thriving at. Um, that dude's one of my, my best friends in the whole world. If you remember, I don't know if I remember uh, if I said this or not. There was one person that was very, very important to me that didn't show up to my wedding. Not my mother. Uh, it was Dakota. And the reason that he wasn't at my wedding is because he got married that same night. Oh. So yeah, super, super cool. So um, yes, Dakota, I love you. You should have had like a FaceTime with him. Yeah, yeah. That would have been cool. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're doing well. So that was the last audio clip. Um, so hell of a way to celebrate our uh, 50th episode with an yeah. hour and 15 minute episode. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? No. Um, I'm just happy we're still doing this and i'm i love it i'm looking forward to uh another 50 episodes fucking cannot wait i I love it like like i told the girls like it was just like taking photos and um it was kind of awkward you were out with the baby but they were sitting down here and they were recording and i was just around them like taking little like tiktok (laughs) videos and i was like pretend i'm not fucking here don't look at the camera just pretend i'm not here so awkward but just like like i said like i just i want to really put my best foot forward and, and try to build this into something really, really special. And I think that, you know, I want to, I want more stuff like this. So like, I don't know, like every 25 episodes we get, uh, you know, yeah. Audio. It was fun. I love when, yeah. And everyone had a a really fun time with it. I know that there's people that they're like, Hey, you didn't give me a long enough deadline. Like a week and a half, two weeks is not enough time to come up with like my best stories, but, um, we'll continue to do this. And what I really want to do is, is figure out a way, like an easy way. Um, and I don't know if just emailing us audio clips or having like a online voicemail box where you could call in with your cell phone and leave us some audio, but I want to figure out a way that, um, we can continue to do this and we can continue to play these and maybe the last, um, you know, five, 10 minutes of every episode is just, you know, we answer one question or we listen to one story or, you know, an audio clip or something like that. So something I thought about, but, um, for the ones that did give us something to, to work off of, thank you. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So, um, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up? No. Yeah. I think it's, we, we, we've said what we wanted and, uh, all in all, it's, it's been a good 50 Let's go get some fucking ice cream. Fuck yeah.